Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 28. Here's Pastor Ryan then it must be because they have done something evil or wicked or sin, and they're just getting what is coming to them. But guys, that is not uh, uh, the truth, as you know, biblically. A lot of bad things happen to good people, and a lot of good things happen to bad people. And the question is asked often, you know, why, why do something bad happens to someone why does why do bad things happen to good people why do bad things happen to good people well the answer to that biblically is and i say this with love there are no good people that's it i'm out of here <laughs> yeah there are no good people. I'm sorry, Psalm, 1, Psalm 14, verse 3 says, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. The only one that has ever done good is God, completely good. Not us. So the question should be, why do good things happen to bad people? Think about you, think about me. Before we came to know the Lord, did you not enjoy a good cheeseburger back then? Even if life was terrible, everyone has basically had a happy meal in America. For a moment you were happy. And, and we shouldn't have because we were lost in our sins. But yet we're happy with our happy meals. We're happy with sunny days. We're happy with, with, with some love, some family, some... Why was he good even when we were yet sinners? Because God is good, that's why. And he's merciful. So bad people will experience a lot of good. Get used to it. God, God will bless bad people so that uh, they might be won, perhaps by his kindness and his graciousness. He said to the disciples, you know, uh, love your enemies in Matthew 5, verse 44. And he goes on in 45 to say, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He says, love your enemies because I'm good to the bad people. So you be good to the, you love on them. You'll win them over that way. God's trying to win wicked people to be good as we were once in their boat. Pun intended, ship. Pun intended. He's kind. There are a lot of people enjoying football right now. There are dudes. They got the whole setup, the man cave. No care about God in their heart. But they're enjoying chips, buffalo wings, uh, beverages, watching the game having a blast without any care for God. And God says, see how good I am? They're, they can care less about me. See how good I am to them? You be good and you share them the love of Christ and you invite them to church because I got to, so that those bad dudes find out that they're bad. 
And the only one that's good is Jesus. So do not automatically think on the other side of the spectrum when a good person is going through bad things. Don't automatically think, ha, 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 what did they do? It's not loving, and it's super carnal for our hearts to think. Just because a brother or sister is going through some super hard times, physical issues, ailments, or whatever, that they must have done something bad with God. You wouldn't do that, right? (laughs) But that's a lesson not to. Good people suffer. Ten out of ten of us will die unless the rapture comes, which it's coming. But 10 out of 10 of us will die. Well, why are we going to die if we're good? Because only God is good. Jesus in John 9 with the disciples, as he was walking by, he passed and he saw a man who was born blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So good things, bad things happen in this fallen world. But God uses them for the good and for the glory of his name. How many wonderful saints who have cripples, uh, who have disabilities, and, and, and yet they push forward in their servanthood, in their following of the Lord. How many disabled Christians push forward? And it is something that we should take to heart this morning because everyone nowadays, you get a little sniffles, they feel a little tired, and they don't come to church. Guys, it's almost a, if we're not contagious, it is a badge of honor to push through when we're, when we're just spent or not feeling good. Because there are plenty of outstanding examples of, of, of folks who love God that are disabled and they push through. Looking to Jesus as the author and finisher of their faith, they push through. What else can a blind man do? Or someone who's a paraplegic, what can they do? If anyone has an excuse to stay home, it's them. And when you see that they don't, What motivates them? What drives them if not the love of Christ that compels them? How much more does it mean to the Lord? And he said that neither him or his parents sinned, but that the glory of God, you know, may be seen through him. Push through, guys. We want to be a church that endures and that perseveres. If you need a break, we get that. But that perpetual brother or sister that is oh oh looks like rain guys it is high time to get up and go not now literally the timing of this viper's bite is impeccable he's about to share the gospel with the inhabitants of Malta and a snake bites Lord, I'm doing your will and a snake bites me? When we step forward in faith to serve the Lord, to do what Christ has called us to do, pushback from the enemy is going to happen. Pushback. 
Some Christians hardly experience that. They think that just uh, not feeling well or, or, or feeling tired or, you know, that this is the enemy just pushing back, you know. If you're not doing anything, it's, it's not the enemy, it's just your body. When you start moving forward and you volunteer and you start taking church seriously and come in early and stay late, do whatever you got to do. When you do that, the enemy is not happy. That serpent of old called Satan is not happy. And he will begin to try to harass you and your family. And that too is a badge of honor. Rejoice in that day. For so he harassed the prophets and the fathers who were before us. Our Lord was tempted. Are we any better than him? Then Satan goes after those that are a threat, not those that are on the sidelines. So if you feel bad, it's just your body. I, I know what that feels like. But when we're moving forward and, 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 and certain bad things happen, you can almost 100% know that it's the enemy, not happy that we're taking the walk more serious. We read here that when Paul, in verse 6, or in verse 5, actually, uh, or that Paul shook it off, whatever verse that was in. Paul just shook it off into the fire. If anyone could complain, could it not be him? Right? Lord, I just, the shipwreck wasn't enough of a trial, of a storm in my life, Father, a literal storm. It's like paddling. Huh? You know, sand and cold and darkness and, oh, star, you know, where are we? Have you ever been miserable from being wet like that? And finally they get a nice fire going. He's about to drop the gospel on these folks and bam! He just shakes it off. That's to say, you know what, I'm just about God's business. I'm going to be even killed. I'm not going to trip because another... Tri Sometimes trials come like that, like, like waves, and right one right after another. How else will we learn perseverance if we don't continue to live for Christ in the midst of trials? I like to surf, and it is like waves. It come, Waves, you know, sets don't always come in, but when they do, they, they do. And that's the way trials are. They, when they come, sometimes they come in a row, but, it, you know, you persevere, shake it off. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep preaching the gospel. It'll work out. And, and there's also a, a special divine blessing uh, of, uh, of protection as we do the Lord's will. He said in the Great Commission, when he, at the end of Mark, chapter 16, he said, and he said to the disciples, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there's a special blessing that miraculously, there's divine protection uh, to some extent to the believer in Christ. Not that we should go testing God and start playing with snakes. Some crazy preachers in the South do that. I remember some 
poor guy died like a couple years ago where you know he was like the snake rattlesnake preacher guy and you know what they took him out because we don't test the lord but I do believe to a certain extent that if we're on the Lord's path and we're serving him, there's divine protection. When I met, went to Maine, I was relaxed on that plane. And I don't like to fly, but I was chill. I felt like nothing can, you know, we're on this plane, nothing going to take it down. We're getting to Maine and we're going to preach the gospel over there. It's all good. There's a certain sense of divine protection. You, you know, I go out to Joshua Tree of the Mountain here sometimes, yeah. I'm afraid of rattlesnakes. I'm from the city. I don't, you know. In the city, for sure, there were no rattlesnakes. But here, there are. Vipers. You know, diamond, you know, shaped heads of snakes. Vipers. But, you know, I like going to the desert more in the winter because I know that they're stiff and under rocks. <laughs> in the summer, I'm like, what was that? What was that? <laughs> Anyways. There's div divine, don't forget there's divine protection upon our lives. Don't discount that. Some think, oh, that was just the early church. Nah. Holy Spirit is still moving. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall dead, down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Just like that. First, he must be a murderer. Five minutes later, oh no, he's a god. This already happened to him and Barnabas and Lystra, Lystra. Acts chapter 14, remember? Paul healed a crippled man. And when the folks there saw him, they tried to make him and Barnabas a god. And when they would not receive the worship from the people, oh, then the people did... You know, plan B was to just try to kill Paul and Barnabas. They went from calling them gods to killing them, and this is the reverse. They went from saying he's a murderer, now he's a god. There's something to be said about the fickleness of, the, of men and how we as believers should be careful not to be moved by the opinions of 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 this world, of the population of mankind. Narrow is the path that leads to life. And difficult, Jesus said, and there are few who find it. But broad, broad thinking of this world, broad ways. It's the way of man and it's the way of destruction. As Christians, we're not moved by the opinions of men. We are moved by the word of God. This is something we teach our children, right? You don't, you don't succumb to peer pressure. You don't do something just because everybody, the crowds are saying you should do it. God has called us to be self-thinkers. He's given us a brain and to, to, to be careful, to be discerning, to be wise. And to not be moved one way or the other with either the praises of men or the, or the, or the, the, the non-praises of men. We teach our kids that if you do well in school or if you do well in sports and, and, and you get the attaboys and the accolades and the trophies and people praise you, be even killed, son or daughter, for the praises of men are fleeting. They're fleeting. What stands, what we seek, what we want is 
for our God, our Father, to praise us for doing good. That's what stands. And we need to teach our kids because we live in a generation where everyone is self-glorifying and seeking how to be glorified. And oh, I'm, I'm an Instagram star. No, you're not. Out of Instagram, the heart speaketh. I have been shocked some of the behavior of some amazing pastors that I've always looked what do you, you think you're James Dean or something it's unbecoming can't you just take a normal picture these guys are like pretend these are shades you know they're just like somebody someone's got to love them enough to say no you're, you're a senior pastor Jesus made himself of no reputation stop Stop it already. Take one with the kids or the family and just smile. Gosh. You know, aviator glasses. I came from that gangster scene, you know what I mean? All my Israel, when I went to Israel in 2001, I was saved for about a year. So all my pictures are like, like I'm all upset. It's like, relax, killer. You're saved now. Put, put the guns down. So, But anyways, the praises of men. Even in ministry can be an issue. You know, people are sweet. They want to, you know, say well done to a pastor who teaches a, a good message, a good sermon. And that's fine. That's a blessing. And we all need praises from one another. We all need to encourage one another because we're family. And a lot of us never got praises like that growing up. Straight up, you know, I, you know. So to get that, it feels good. It's family. And I'm not saying anything against that. We just want to know that, you know, that's wonderful and those are sweet things. But, you know, oh, Lord, help me to just be more moved by, by you being pleased with me. Not man, but you. And, I, you know, in, in, in ministry, sometimes guys who, who get opportunities to teach, you know, they, you know, maybe they're young in it, novices in it. They don't know. But when people respond and, and want to bless them and thank them for a good, good word, you know, that it can get to their heads. It can get to their heads. I like to say, you know, this book doesn't return void. So generally, most people are going to say, God spoke to me, even if it was a bad sermon. No, but everyone, I'm not talking about, our guys are cool. Our guys are, are chillax. They know what's up. They know it's God. So it's not like them. But I'm just saying in general, you'll see that. You'll see pastors, perhaps for a psychological need, they, they use the ministry as like, okay, I'm doing some sort of ministry that's, you know, uh, looked upon as, you know, uh, looked upon highly by people. And so their head can get big. But you know, all of us have to keep a, a, a small uh, head about ourselves and be careful with that because people can can love you one moment and not the other and I just pray that we would be even killed and say thank you graciously but to know hey if people love you great if people don't you're great still because God loves you in that region there was a, a state of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And so Luke here saying that a leading citizen of the island is his way of saying that the head for the Roman Empire, the, the head guy of that island, 
that's who this is. That's who Publius is. He's the head for the Roman Empire. And this guy was, was wonderful to them as well. He uh, was hospitable and courteous to them for three days. Luke included. He said courteous to us. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed. And he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those uh, on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And they also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. And so we see that Paul is, is just begins to heal those who are sick there. That, that, that trip now, it's the gospel is being preached, but also people are being healed of their physical ailments. And again, the gifts and the healings are for today. And people that are hurting in spiritual ways and physical ways will come through these doors. And I think as a body here, as a church, we need to be open and, and willing and ready for God to use you to pray for someone for healing. If any, notice it, you know, if anyone... Can I pray for your health? I mean, it's a beautiful thing to say. Imagine if all of us said that like every Sunday and every Wednesday. Like, I'm, Lord, give me someone I can pray with. And just to pray over their health. Maybe anoint them with some olive oil. You got some olive oil, bring some oil. Just to be used by God for that. That's what we want at Sweet Hills. We want everyone to use their gifts. We want everyone to be open to be used to minister to one another, guys. And, uh, you know, I think uh, um, we should really think about uh, whether or not it is uh, time for us to be more um, diligent to take that step of faith and come up and get prayed for up here by the elders of our church for healing. I think that perhaps some of us have been sick too long and, and perhaps it's because we're not walking up by faith and saying, will you pray for me? Turn with me to James chapter 5, please. In verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Maybe we're not getting healed because we're not coming up for prayer. Think about that this day. If you're sick of anything, you may be a small cold or headache or... You've been struggling, back hurts. We got oil. We'd love to pray for you. People do get healed today. I'm blown away by how many people get healed today. It's crazy. So, I mean, think about it. How can it hurt? How can it hurt if you come up? But I just don't want that to be the thing that the reason why you're not getting healed. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you this morning again for your love, your grace, and mercy. Lord, we don't know, but there may be somebody here this morning who has not dedicated their life to you. And you have been speaking to their heart this morning, convicting their heart of their sins. Lord, I pray that if there is someone here, that you would stir their heart up right now to decide to give their lives to you. Know that you need to get right with God. You haven't been living for him at all. And you're ready to repent of your sins. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer to accept them into your heart and to have all your sins forgiven. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.